2: Alt in Our Stars podcast. I'm your host, Chris Payne. This week I interviewed a very famous front man who came through the billboard office. Musically, uh, it's a little different than a lot of the artists I have on this show, but pretty confident you'll be into this. Talk to the voice of Creed, Scott Stapp. You know, with arms wide open, you know, Higher, One Last Breath, My Sacrifice, you know the hits. But really, it's more than that, you know. Regardless of how much you're into these songs, there's really a lot, a lot of life stuff to dig into with Scott. Uh, he went through some very public hard times a couple years ago. Involved getting treatment for being bipolar, uh, drug and alcohol abuse. We talked about all that. Uh, one specific moment where Ti helped save his life. We went into detail with. Talked about how Creed suddenly blew up back in the late 90s when Scott was a student at Florida State, took it up to the present, talks about how Scott was hanging with the Carolina Panthers who invented or didn't invent, we'll get into that, but the Carolina Panthers of the NFL who popularized Creed bombing in their Super Bowl run this past year, talks about just what Scott has coming up next, his current solo tour possibility of maybe a Creed reunion sometime soon, Talked about all this stuff, so yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy this episode. I really think you will. So, if you're a new listener, well, we've been doing this show for over a year, actually more like a year and a half at this point. So, ton of stuff, old episodes, to listen through, and they're all archived. They're all out there to find them, and also to subscribe to the show, you can search for the Alt in Our Stars, A L T, Alt in Our Stars. On iTunes, or just go into the podcast app on your phone, search for it there. And also, if you like the podcast or don't like it, feedback is always very helpful. A star rating, just very, very, very useful with everything we do with this podcast here at Billboard. So that's all I have to say. I leave you with me, my conversation with Mr. Scott Stapp. Enjoy. Can you
1: take me high?
2: Yeah, so we're podcasting here at the Billboard office in New York. Voice of Creed, Scott Stapp, what's up?
1: Hey, man, how are you?
2: Yeah, so we were just talking about podcasts versus radio interviews. So this is your first podcast, so I was trying to explain it. A little bit more personal, a little bit more relaxed, because I was watching the recent radio interview you did where you kind of teased that you were fronting a new band. Yeah. And then everyone jumped on that with all the rumors.
1: Yeah, man, it happens. Uh, I actually am fronting a new band uh, called Art of Anarchy. Uh, but you got to be careful how you phrase things. People may jump to conclusions, and that's what happened. And I was teasing, uh, you know, to kind of generate some hype for for the announcement that was coming, but it kind of, you know, took on a life of its own. So I went ahead and made the announcement early.
2: Yeah, so you're working on Art of Anarchy, and are you working on like Scott Sapp's solo stuff now too?
1: Yeah, I'm always writing. Uh, new music, and uh, you know hopefully uh, things uh, work out as planned i'll be in the studio in two thousand and seventeen working on a new record
2: nice, nice so this summer been touring been touring a lot a lot yeah. of dates yeah man uh, it's
1: been uh, it's been awesome to be back out on the road and and uh, just connecting with the fans and uh, you know. Just playing my body of work for my entire career uh, between Creed and the solo songs.
2: Yeah, I was keeping up on the tour through those like video diaries you've been posting. Like you're busy. You're like you're out there with the fans. Like seems like sound check before, after, whole day with just like interaction and stuff. What's that like?
1: Yeah, it's cool, man. It, you know these guys. They they love the music. Uh, they're passionate about it, and uh, I love them. And, you know, we get a chance to interact and get to know each other. You know, a lot of these people, I, you know, they follow me. So I see them at multiple shows and for years. Um, And so it's great to connect with the fans and and hear their stories and share their experiences. And uh, I learned so much about, um, you know, all the different ways that music can impact people that I would never even think of, you know, being from the artist side. Um, and so it's, it's, it's interesting and, uh, I've made some great relationships along the way.
2: Yeah. Have you been able to talk to and support maybe some people who've gone through similar things that you've gone through, like being bipolar and dealing with addictions in the past? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I hear those, uh, stories daily, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, people sharing with me that they appreciate that I've been so honest, uh, about my struggles, uh, and about the issues that I've dealt with in my life and I'm dealing with, um, and that it's it's helped them, uh, you know, not only not feel alone, but to encourage them to keep fighting, uh, and and learn to take life one day at a time, and 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 help overcome these obstacles that we all face at various levels.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have someone in my family who's bipolar too, so I can relay a little bit, like about what it must be like. Do you think? being on the road, do you think that helps dealing with it or does that pose challenges?
1: Um, yeah, I never really thought about it. Um, I, I think being on tour uh, and performing uh, nearly every night is healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I enjoy it and I, I, you know, I think that would be the best way to put it. I don't really, um, uh, see how it would be um, a negative thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a positive experience and, and uh, you know, it's good for me.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking just because it seems like something like mental health issues that come up with musicians a lot in general, like very creative people and like being around like the distractions that tour life could create. Do you feel like especially for musicians, it's something that's difficult?
1: Um, it could be. You know, I've been there and done that. Uh, and so, you know, I tour much differently uh, at this stage in my career than I than I did, you know, in my early twenties. Uh, you know, the 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 partying days are behind me, um, and so that's not really a challenge, yeah, uh, and not something that that I'm faced with because number one, I'm not seeking it, and I don't have it around me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, it, there's definitely pitfalls out there uh and if if you want to get involved in those, you can very easily find it, so I can definitely see how uh it could be a challenge for some. but I kind of create my own world and create my own environment off stage um and you know I, it's a very healthy lifestyle that i live and and uh you know just solely focused on performing and music mm-hmm and when you
2: talk about your world, is that like your team, your, your bandmates? And it seems like do you tour with your wife a lot?
1: Yeah. yeah she's my, here today. My, my wife's out quite a bit. Uh, the kids are as well. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a family affair. Uh, you know, we're all in one bus, the crew and the band and me. Uh, and so we get really tight. Uh, it's a really family atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, we all have the same goal. And we're all passionate about what we do, uh, and uh, you know, it's. I'm very fortunate to have the situation that I have, uh, and the people that I have around me, uh, and and the wife and family that I have. Yeah, I mean, what is it like
2: for you now? Like, it's, I mean, it's it's great that you've been able to triumph over like this adversity. What is it like for you to look back on those dark years a couple years ago? Like, how much of that do you remember? What's the recollection like?
1: Um, you know, you always keep it in your rear view mirror, uh, as a reminder of, of where you don't ever want to go again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a reminder of the things, uh, that you shouldn't do that caused that to happen. So you don't do them again. Um, you know, so it's, it's always there. Um, you know, many different struggles that I've had in my life, uh, over the last 20 years. Uh, are are sitting in that rear view mirror spot at this point in my life um as kind of like a daily friendly reminder of of you know where I don't want to go uh and to keep me on the right path so I never go down those roads again
2: yeah yeah um do you remember a moment with uh, the rapper TI when yeah, yeah. Can you explain that story to the people listening?
1: Um, yeah, I wrote about that in my book, mm-hmm. uh, Sinner's Creed, and uh, you know, not to get into the details of a long, uh, elaborate story, uh, but as I explained in my book, uh, you know, I had an accident uh, at a hotel in South Beach uh, and uh, had fallen uh, and was basically on a ledge for about two and a half hours with broken bones on uh, a fractured skull and uh TI found me there uh and uh got me me the help i needed uh and virtually saved my life yeah and cuz cause, cuz
2: cause had a connection from like from cuz um of the Christ yeah uh
1: album uh we had bumped into each other uh while we were screening that film uh he eventually didn't do anything on that soundtrack, uh, but I did. Um, but our paths crossed then. Just enough, I think, for, for him to recognize me if he saw me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, like, have you heard what happened last night about the... He was He was playing here in Irving Plaza, playing a show, and there was, like, a shooting that happened backstage from, like, the entourages of the openers for him. So.
1: No, I had no oh, idea. Okay. No, yeah, not so, at all, man.
2: Yeah, it's just like one of those unfortunate things where like this stuff happens at concerts, and like the people, the people who were in the crowd all rushed out.
1: But oh my gosh, yeah, so, wow, that's crazy. I, yeah. I, I had just seen something positive uh, about him uh, on uh, the news uh, about a new film that mm-hmm. he's in, uh, like a remake of The Roots. Uh, and you know his his career's really taken off and i'm really happy for him
2: yeah cuz i mean it, it is like super like just unfortunate cuz it'll be connected to him when it's like in the story it's like shooting at ti concert but it had nothing to do with ti himself right you know so right.
1: yeah that's that's the way the, that's the way the press works man you know but it's i'm sure it was out of his control and if if he had any control over it it probably wouldn't have happened yeah
2: Anyway, so yeah, um, talking about you touring now, um, like what is it like for you to, because you just in the billboard office played with arms wide open, like what is it like for you to perform and sing those creed lyrics now, like later on in life?
1: Um, You know, I I, I think songs continue to evolve uh, in terms of the depth of my understanding of the lyrics. Um, And so it's very easy to still connect. Um, uh, emotionally, uh, and with authenticity, uh, to, to those songs, um, you know, because I'm still l- really feeling at some level, um, uh, all the feelings that inspired and, and that ended up on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, with, with arms wide open, uh, it's even truer in a sense to me now than it ever was having three kids having a teenager a 17 year old a, a nine year old and a five year old uh and and being a father uh, and really understanding at such a deeper level 20 years later uh what i was feeling uh prior to becoming a father for the first time uh, so and it's like that with 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 all the songs um They've just continued to to evolve in their emotional appeal to me, and it seems to the fans as well.
2: Yeah, because that one's about Jagger, right? He's seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: but it applies to all my kids now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The same feelings. You know. We
2: Is there maybe one specific Creed song where the lyrics, like now that you think about it, it's like, huh, that means something entirely different to me?
1: Um, no. No. No song means uh, different than what was originally written about. Uh, I just may have a deeper understanding and, and more life experience uh, to go along with that journey now. But the original meaning is the same.
2: Yeah. Have you kept in touch with the other guys at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, just, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago, uh, we were trading some texts um, back and forth. Uh, so we're in touch, yeah.
2: Are you guys considering, like, getting back together and playing and recording again?
1: You know, I think when the time is right, uh, there's always a possibility. You know, I would, I would never say never. But it's just a matter of the right time.
2: Yeah. And what do they think about like you touring and playing the songs like with your band?
1: Um, I don't know. You have to ask them. That.
2: <laughs> That's a good answer to that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I would think they'd be okay with it since I wrote it. You know, uh, Mark and I wrote these songs together. Uh, myself being the primary lyricist. Uh, and so it's my story, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so uh, I would think I'm pretty sure that they'd be cool with it.
2: Yeah. Because like you were saying at the top of the show, like, this is like me doing these sets right now. Is like my life, my body of work. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so did you catch um, the Carolina Panthers football team? Yeah. When they were Creed bombing? Yeah, I
1: did. What did you think of that? I thought that was really cool, man. I actually uh, went out to the Super Bowl and met with Ben Jacobs and met with the coach and hung out with those guys, and we joked around. You know, Creed bombing wasn't really originated by those guys. Uh, My nephew and my son have been Creed bombing me uh, and picking on me since they were 10 or 11 years old, Uh, you know, sneaking up behind me and mimicking my voice and – singing certain lyrics so it was uh something that we had experienced in my house for a long time Uh, but it was really cool that uh you know kind of tongue-in-cheek that they were getting a laugh out of it and that it was a part of their locker room experience thought that was cool
2: yeah for those listening the exact definition of a creed bomb sing up sing up behind someone Singing creed lyrics, probably a chorus of your choice in the stylings, the vocal stylings of Scott Stapp. Right. Good definition. Great definition. <laughs> um. So, you said you met with some of the players. Who'd you meet with?
1: um uh, Ben Jacobs, uh, and I met the coach. Ron Rivera. Yeah. Cool.
2: What does Ben Jacobs play?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I think linebacker.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's a good defense. Yeah,
1: they're awesome. Great team, you know. Had a bad game.
2: Yeah, so I guess I guess the team you were pulling for didn't work out too well for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh lifelong. But uh you know, the Cowboys weren't in the in the game and That's with right. with the Creed bombing thing going on, uh you know, I decided to pull for the Panthers.
2: Yeah. How did you become a Cowboy fan? Because you grew up in Orlando, Orlando area. Yeah.
1: That was the team that was uh, on TV when I was a kid. Uh, And uh, I guess sometime between the ages of four and five, I just loved the Cowboys. Um, Danny White was the quarterback. Um, And uh, I think I saw the tail end of Roger Staubach. I'm not sure, but... uh, you know uh they were america's team and in the area that i lived in uh, i don't believe um, yeah there wasn't a pro football team in orlando and uh for some reason i just love the cowboys
2: yeah i mean like that i guess that was like very early 80s would have been that time yeah they were the shit (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i guess i guess that's why i guess when you're four or five years old you pick a winner
2: yeah yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, you're from Florida, not a Dolphins fan, but I'm a Dolphins fan, but I'm from New Jersey, so I can't wow. really get on you with the regional stuff. It's right. like, I should be a Giants fan then, or a Jets fan. Right,
1: right.
2: And you did you did, did the song, Marlins Will Soar, for the then Florida, now Miami Marlins. Are yeah. they, like, your baseball team?
1: Uh, no, I actually ran into the owners of of the Marlins uh, at an airport in Aspen, uh, and uh, we were we were snowed in. And we made a connection there, and uh, then they invited me out to the ballpark, and uh, and then asked me uh, to participate in that and to do a song for them. Uh, I've been a lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, um, part-time Yankee fan because my wife's a big Yankee fan, so I've gone to some games with her and pulled for them for her. Uh, but that was that was all about a relationship, and and uh, you know it was nice to get great seats and be able to take my boys to the games and get all the perks that came with uh, you know, doing that song for them.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Braves pulled it together for you when you were growing up, a little later than the Cowboys did, but you got some yeah. good Braves years. The, the,
1: when I was younger, the Braves weren't too good, man. Uh, but I stuck by my team. I was a very loyal fan. Uh, you know, that was back in the day when they had pitchers like Rick Mailer Uh, they did have Brett Saberhagen for a while, but, uh, Rafael Ramirez was the shortstop. Glenn Hubbard was the second baseman. Dale Murphy was the big star, uh, on the team, but they didn't win a lot of baseball games. Um, but I still love the Braves and, uh, went to my first game, uh, when I was nine.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash spoken today.
1: Years old and actually wore my Braves uniform. Like uh, a Little League thing. Like a Little League Braves uniform to the game. Uh, and I was hooked, man. And so when they uh, went on their tear... Uh, you know, decades later. Um it was very rewarding uh to have been a lifelong fan.
2: Yeah, put in that investment. Yeah. Except for then then you gotta deal with like bandwagon hoppers.
1: That happens, <laughs> I mean it, it, it happens in sports and it happens in music.
2: Ah I guess like maybe like a lot of people probably jumped in that Creed bandwagon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they did.
2: But how many? Trying to think, like you guys, like pretty much got successful with the first album, right? Yeah. So there wasn't really like a whole lot of time between like the early days and the success, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, there wasn't. Uh, Everything happened really quickly. Uh, You know, the first album was was a tremendous success, and uh, the second album was even more successful. And then the third album followed suit. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, w- it was a very fortunate uh, time in my music career uh, and a time I'll never forget.
2: Yeah, like, can you think back to some of the <laughs> the first regulars who were coming to Creed shows, like the first people who really got on board?
1: Um, um, in terms of fans? Yeah. I mean, I can't, like, specifically... Uh, give you names or, or, or tell you who they were, um, but I it, it really started in Tallahassee, Florida at Florida State University. Uh, I'll never forget um, shortly after uh, my own prison got added on a college radio station for the locals only show, yeah. and it had been played probably for a couple months, and then they took it off the locals... Uh, only show and put it in their main rotation, and it went to number one uh, in our college town. This is before we had a record deal um, and Then we did uh, a show at a place called floyd 's music store, uh, and they moved the show outside because five thousand people wanted to see us play and This is before you know the rest of the world knew who we were or, or had even heard any of our music. And so I guess you could say at that point in time, our early fans were college kids uh, who were the same age as us. You know, we were, we were college kids, too.
2: Yeah, and did you go to Florida State? Yeah, I okay. did. Yeah. So you were on campus. Were you were a student at the time? When... Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I
1: was a student uh, at Florida State, uh, working a couple jobs and being in a band uh, when all that happened.
2: What was it like being around campus and all of a sudden, like, my
1: own prison was blown up? It was really cool. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, It was uh, probably the exact way that you would dream that it would be. It was. Uh, And, you know, we were all full of uh, a lot of just self-confidence and and very—had a lot of pride in what we were doing and, and, uh, you know, felt like— we were big time uh, on campus. It was a, it was a great time in our lives. Yeah.
2: Do, do, do. show, like the one that got moved outside, they must have like originally organized the show when they thought it was just gonna be like you know a small thing for inside the store. And like, I guess in the interim, in between, the song blew up just in that short amount of time, and all those other people took notice. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was an amazing phenomenon, uh, and and I think it was a phenomenon like that that really sparked label interest, uh, and. Uh, really kind of put Tallahassee on the map uh, and the music scene on the map there for a period of time.
2: Yeah, so did you have a good feeling like where you were leading something and really like making people take notice?
1: Yeah, we did. You know, we really did. Uh, and uh, we really felt like, you know, what we were doing was fresh uh, and different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, you know, the the band... I I always feel this way, and I could be biased, but I just really feel like the band is so talented. You know, Mark Tremonti and Scott Phillips and Brian Marshall are incredibly talented artists, um, and I was fortunate uh, to have had a relationship with those guys, and and it to become Creed.
2: Mm. Yeah, and like, what was how quickly were you
1: playing like big shows like arenas? Um, I think I think if I remember correctly. Uh, within the first year mm-hmm. uh, after the release of uh, of My Own Prison. Uh, I think it was about a year. And then we moved into uh, arenas.
2: Mm. I mean, is it difficult at all in the present day, like, having to scale things back and play to smaller amounts of
1: people? No, not at all. Uh, it's just the cycle of, of, of music, man. You know, you have mm. your runs and, and then uh, you know, what goes out of season uh, happens and and uh, you know I do it for the love of performing and 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 of of the fans uh, and so you know fortunately when Creed gets together and puts out a record we still play uh, in front of thousands and thousands of people so I get the best of both worlds uh, you know I get to uh, like in 2009 to 2012. Uh, you know, I get to play in front of ten to 20,000 people a night uh, with Creed. Uh, and then I get the intimate experience uh, of the theater uh, as a solo artist. And so I get the best of both worlds right now, and I really feel fortunate for that.
2: Yeah, do you think the best crowds are still in Florida?
1: Um, the best crowds for Creed uh, are... are they're everywhere we play as a band. You know, I can't really pick. Well, you know what? Let me, let me take that back. <laughs> it's a very diplomatic response. Let me take that back. Um, I mean, we were, you know, selling out arenas in every city in America. Uh, so they were amazing uh, shows and, and still are. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think Texas, though, which was really cool to me being a Cowboys fan, that Texas was even bigger than than anywhere else. So if we were playing uh in front of twenty five thousand a night in every other city, it was forty in Texas. Everything's uh, bigger. Yeah. So uh Texas is a special state for for Creed and for me as a solo artist. Uh and uh so I'm glad I clarified that.
2: <laughs> Gotta set the record straight. Yeah. Have you been like tied with like cowboys players or like management coaches at all over the years? Oh man,
1: I had all my dreams come true. Yeah. Uh got to play the Thanksgiving Day halftime show, uh, for the Cowboys, uh back in the two, late two thousands. Uh, and I mean I mean early two thousands. And um got to hang out on the field with the players and went to training camp and hung out with Emmett Smith and some of the other guys uh got to become friends with jerry jones and the jones family uh so i mean that was just like another one of my dreams that came true uh that i could have never imagined that music would take me to
2: how do you think the team looks now
1: um i think they look good they got to stay healthy um unlike uh some other Cowboys fans I know I was happy with their draft pick Uh, you know I really think that he's going to uh, turn into a phenomenal Ezekiel running back
2: Uh, I think everyone's pretty happy with that pick everyone's like he's going to be awesome in fantasy be awesome in real life great O-line yeah
1: great O-line I mean I think he's got everything around him to turn him into a a pro bowler Uh, and the team's just got to stay healthy uh you know, but we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, keep Tony
2: protected. That's yeah. probably the key. That's the key. That's the key every year. Cool. Well, Scott, that's all I got at my end. Is there oh. anything else you want to throw out there?
1: No, man. Thank you so much uh, for your time, and you know, for all the fans out there that are listening. You know, go to Scottstab.com and check out the cities near you that I'm coming to, man, and and uh, let's get together and jam.
2: Yeah, check out the video diary. Shout out to the video diary. It's pretty tight. Aw, uh, thank you. It's good.
1: Thank you. Can you take me
2: so yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Mister Scott Stapp. I had a blast doing it, as I pretty much do with every episode I have on the R Stars here. Every week, try to bring on a subject or subjects who I think will make for a very inspirational informative conversation about something in the world of alternative music. So, We've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now, so many, many, many old episodes to dig into. You can search for the Alt and R stars on the podcast app on your phone or just search for it in iTunes. There you can also subscribe to the show, get it every week automatically, and you know, a star rating, so, 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 so helpful with growing the podcast. It helps it like show up more prominently on the iTunes page, help more people notice it, things like that. So if you can find it in the goodness of your hearts, give us a star rating. I appreciate it so, so, so much. Or just like if you enjoyed this show, share it online, tell a friend about it, whatever, I love all that. So yeah, thank you for listening. Until next week, yeah, new episode runs every Friday on Billboard. Till then, have a good weekend